This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, man, we hate to see you guys fight. We hate to know that you're experiencing conflict, that you're in arguments with with one another. Those arguments might be um, life altering or ridiculous in nature. It doesn't matter to us. All that matters to us is that it's resolved. And that's what, we're, that's what we pride ourselves on. Being able to do that. To resolve conflict, to save relationships, save marriages, mm. uh, by giving you the official. I would say restore relationships. Yeah, and that the official answers to these questions. Yep. There is an objective truth. And we have it. And we, we have we it. Have we it. have it for every single one of these questions. Actually, we have not discussed these beforehand. We may disagree, but one of us will win the argument, and if it comes to blows, then so be it. Huh. The, the prompt we put out there, follow us on Twitter, talk to us using hashtag Ear Biscuits. You can be shouted out on the show. Your dirty laundry can be aired in front of everyone, and to prove that, hey, we're, we're all the same, Okay. I don't know, to try to put a positive spin on that so people don't get scared that we're gonna make fun of them. Got an argument, conflict, or disagreement you can't resolve? Let us know and we'll handle it on an upcoming Ear Biscuits. That was the post and now this is the show. Full circle. Wow. It's happening. It's like magic. Before we get into this, um, there's another thing that is that Ear Biscuits did the hub of besides. The hubbub. <laughs> hub of. Besides, Air Biscuits is the hubbub. Uh, resolving conflicts, and that is any news related to the window in my shower uh, yeah. has to funnel through Ear Biscuits. It might then go off into, I don't know, a, a vlog that we make when we were making those. Remember that? I, that was great. <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah, you making so the I window have, bigger? I have an update full, on, full body. on the window. Boy, I've been thinking about it. Yeah, the, uh, as you probably know, the window is in my shower. And it's only you know it. It's from the collarbone to the top of the head. Okay. Yeah. So it leaves a little bit to, to be desired. Mm, thank you. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a nice. Compliment. It's one of those things that when you sell your house and somebody comes into it, people are going to have questions about the window in the shower. They're, They're going like, to the first reaction is going to be negative, but then every when they buy my house and every experience they have with that window is going to be positive. I have another positive point because like I said, I pushed for this window to be installed. Every, you know, Christy was scratching her head, the contractor was scratching his head. Everybody was scratching all types of stuff except for me. I was scratching the itch that was the desire to have a view while taking a shower. And it goes beyond, yeah, okay, yes, there was a problem with my neighbor's scene. I got a, I think I've given a little bit of an update there. 
I have video to go along with this, so I'm gonna have my phone ready to oh, pull out. Okay. Um, let's see, where do I start? Of course, my bathroom's on the second floor, uh, and then and the, my master bedroom is on the second floor. Not everything else is on the first floor. And, and when I'm looking out the window, I'm kind of looking over my roof into the, into the distance. Um, I was in Lily's room, so I was downstairs. I was talking to her and she's got, her room was like, she only had this one window and then because of the bushes beside the window, it was always so dark in there. I was like, you need a, a sunroof. You need a skylight, they call it. So actually as part of this construction with the remodel of the house, we also put a skylight in her room. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's, it's, a, it's a little square, it's however, however big that is, I don't know. Uh, two by two, it's a small one. 18 by 18 maybe. 18 by 18 maybe. And I look up there and I'm like, man, your, your uh, skylight is dirty. She's like, I never really look at it. I was like, well. It's, How much sunlight it's, it's gets dirty. in? Because that's a, 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 putting a skylight out. in a bedroom means that now the sun comes into her bedroom when the sun comes up, which is not a teen, teen thing. It has a shade on it. I got okay. I so I'm like you know what I'm gonna get, I'm gonna optimize this I'm gonna get one with a shade with a remote so oh, yeah wow. she has a she has her own little shade and the skylights in our living room I also put shades on those because when it gets real hot it gets real hot and you don't want it to get too hot so you close those shades in the, in that big part of the room um, she didn't seem to be too phased by it but it just stuck in my head I'm like I'm my role is to keep the skylights clean. I've squeegeed all of the skylights before. But From that, the outside? I gotta get a ladder, I gotta get my window squeegee, I gotta like make my suds, I've gotta bring another thing of water that doesn't have suds to rinse it off because I can't get the hose all the way up there. It's a problem, so when I realized, man, you're due for a cleaning, I just kinda logged it away, I'm like, you know, maybe six weeks from now, I'll get up there and I'll squeegee the skylights again and I'll enjoy it. But then, lo and behold, the next day, I'm in my shower, showering, and I just found myself thinking about the skylight. Now, if when I look out my window, I cannot see Lily's skylight. Right. But if I get if I open my window and look down, I I could see it. If I if I really tried, but you have to really try to see it. So I just want to preface it with if I'm in my shower, I can't look down into my like daughter's bedroom. That would just be weird. Strange. Well, it's also probably a translucent. Uh, it's clear. You can see. You could see in it. Interesting. But the angles are such that you can't. But I didn't think. Hold on. I've got a shower head here that that comes. You know, it's got this. I've got the shower head above, like the rain shower head. But then I got the one that I can take off the wall and like the wand. I can shower. I can shower up different places and under different places and rent, I, I my rinse game is there should just be laws against top, man. There should be laws against people like you. You should see me rinsing myself. I should get a video of that. But it occurred to me, I can spray, I can, I can wash Lily's skylight while I'm in the shower. This is, first of all, let me just say, doubtful. I doubt that you're gonna get the pressure that you, that is required to pull this off, but you're also gonna freak your daughter out, so. I'm also gonna show you a video because I knew that's what you were gonna say. Here we go. 
All right, you know what time it is. It's time for a shower update. Look at Window's that. still there. And there's always something new to discover. Hold on, are you naked in this? this window. Because there was a reflection on that as you walked. I'm shirtless. Fence. So it's harder to see me. Yeah, so the neighbor shower. built a fence. That's the update there. Of course, what I discovered was Right down there is a sunroof. Sunroof, I call it. Sunroof. Isn't this exciting? Did, not really, but did you, uh, did oh, you, just, just, is Lily home at this point? I think she was sleeping, yeah. Put this thing on. I could wash my whole roof, see? We can't quite well, not really. I mean, you gotta get the, yeah. Change it. Not enough pressure. Change it to, oh yeah, blast. It's still not going to do anything. Yes, yes, yes. I can clean <laughs> the sunroof. Ah, brilliant. Brilliant. From my shower. I'm cleaning the sunroof from did, my shower. Did, did, did this wake her up? Uh, yeah, she, she, she had to think, oh, it's raining. <laughs> she thought I, she was like. Wake up, Lily. Did it work? Did it clean it? Yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, pretty it great. It did work. It cleaned it, man. And then that's just a, test, a testament of how often it doesn't rain in California. That's right. That just a little bit of shower, low pressure shower water is going to clean clean the. Uh, Yet another reason that that window in the shower is is perfect. Uh, I went to work before Lily got up, and when I got home, she was like, "Dad." Were you on the roof washing my skylight this morning? And I was like, no, I was in my shower. <laughs> <laughs> I washed your sunroof from my shower. How did, how did that make her feel? Not surprised. Yeah. I think was pretty much it. You know, so, it's so just is she, like, is okay, she the only one? Yeah, that's just, is she the only one who got a, a skylight? She's the only one that needed it. Okay. Uh, she and she doesn't have a window in her shower either. She's not asking for one. Don't know what's up, but uh, I just feel like it's my duty to keep you filled in on the continual enjoyment that I'm having in my shower. I thought that you're. I, I was hoping. Well, and I like to believe that the neighbor did see this happen. I, I like to think that yep. the neighbor has has a blog, like, yeah. a, like a blog spot, <laughs> and it's called my neighbor. <laughs> my, my strange neighbor dot blogspot dot com. dot com and they are they both contribute to it the husband and the wife contribute to it yeah and um you know the it's not, it hasn't been updated many times this is like at most every 6 months which is a typical blogspot cadence and uh the latest entry is like you won't believe what came out of that window this time. <laughs> you know, it's like, how would you explain it? Because they the probably could, they probably can't fountain. see the skylight, so they yeah. just like see this man. <laughs> they just see him like squirting his roof, <laughs> like changing the pressure, and they're like, "What is this fool doing?" I'm so uh, glad we put that fence up. It was so much easier to wash. 
I mean, I, I would like to have been able to squeegee it, so I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a really ex- long extendable pole with a squeegee on it, but what, and I'm gonna mean, keep that in the but shower. But you have all the other skylights, too, yeah, that I, are getting I, dirty at the same rate, as, you know. You're right. Presumably. You're right, I didn't wanna bring that up, but yeah. You don't sponge it? Well, I would think you would take like one of those mitts that you like wash a car with, and, and and have you have you done one of these? Have you done? I I would think you'd be. Real, I know you're into cleaning. Things. I got a special squeegee, and on one side it's got like the scrubber with it has a long sponge across it. Yeah, and you you scrub it with that, and then you flip it over and you squeegee it. Yeah, because it's sort of a, sort of a, a wash and dry in one. Yeah, you know, just like the people here in Windshields. town who wash your windshield at a red light. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore without you asking. But yeah, that hasn't happened in a long time. No. All right, so that's my update. Don't, don't worry about it. Oh, I'm not. I've still got it. We're still we're still good. We're still good. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Abby Abby Bigler, uh, to help us settle this argument, is it less gross to borrow your significant other's toothbrush than to borrow a friend's toothbrush? I say yes. My boyfriend says no, they're equally gross. Your boyfriend is wrong. This is not a difficult one. By any means, I mean, is it, they're not equally gross, but they are gross. both very gross. They're both gross. If, if I had to choose one person to to brush my teeth with their toothbrush, I would choose my wife. Right. Well, and that I think the answer is simple because you're regularly, assuming that you have a healthy marriage, regular regularly swapping spit with your wife. You know. So you basically have, I would think there is a culture of bacteria that has actually been influenced both ways. Huh. In your mouth and your partner's mouth because that's what happens when you just constantly, I mean like my wife and I are just constantly making out. Like French kissing? Constantly French kissing, right when we wake up, right before I leave, first thing when I get home, right before we go to bed. I mean. And it doesn't always lead to sex. I mean, sometimes it's just French kissing. Let's be real for a second. <laughs> Let's be real for a second, right? It's like, I mean, it's not really detached from foreplay in in my home. There's not a lot of just makeout sessions and when you've been married 20 years, yes. The makeout sessions usually lead to a com- completion, a complete sort male sorting session. Right. Uh, but I say that- Usually, I, I would say for me, I, you know, I would say almost exclusively at this point. What if you get into an argument though? Sometimes that'll that'll put a stop to things. Oh, oh. So then it just counts as a makeout session. <laughs> Only if something else, some external factor gets in the way. But you know what we're saying. You kiss your partner and therefore your mouth is touching their mouth directly on a regular basis. And so their what toothbrush do you think about is scheduled. Let's just let's talk about just French kissing for a while. Let's not get back to toothbrush cuz scheduled I, French kissing? Yeah, what do you think about that? It's kind of like, you know, I don't like scheduling anything. But then it, you schedule things when they never happen otherwise. Well, I mean, it happens. But it happens as, a, and then it stops. 
Like we're just having a makeout session. Like, Don't say we, just talk about you and your wife. We, I'm, I'm referring <laughs> to me and my wife. You and Christy are having a makeout session, okay? And that's it. I think that's gonna require some planning. Uh, you know, like some uh, expectation management. I think it does happen. I think I think I need to be biologically ready for that. I think it does happen, but I think I, I think do, that would be fun. I, I do usually interpret it, or let's just be honest. I like to believe that it is contributing to foreplay, even if it's like four p.m. And I know that the mail sorting is not going to happen anytime soon. If it's making out happening, what I'm thinking is, well. Here we go. Are this you telling? This is a deposit in the bank. Now, I'm bringing zero judgment into this. This is all curiosity. Because for me, th this never happens. Are you saying that like you and Jesse might pass each other in the house and then you'll just start making out? <laughs> Has that ever really happened? Yeah. There's no way, right? Yes. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean. Like, like, like. Like French kissing. <laughs> well, if you're I'm gonna not, if you're gonna kiss, like Christy and I, do will, it like the French. Christy and I will hug and we will kiss each other on the mouth. I'm not saying but it's like we, a normal but, thing, but, but we're not gonna go into like a makeout session. Well, okay. When you say session, how long is a session? I'm what? saying that like there might be like a, a forget session. Tongue, tongue. The tongue will breach. Yeah. No, I mean like what? Okay, be more specific. <laughs> My tongue will go into her mouth <laughs> and her tongue will go into my mouth. Do you want me to draw you a diagram? I, I, no, I'm cool with what you've told I'm me. I'm not saying How that often this is that happen? No, not often at all, but I'm saying, you're just saying, you just said it never happens. No, it happens. It has happened. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, it never happens to us unless, and I'm not saying it, it, it's automatically foreplay, but you have to be in, it only happens to us in a zone I think it. I think that's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, I don't want to paint an incorrect picture here. That this is like. Every, I don't want to walk in your kitchen. Every time you turn around, I'm making out with my wife. That's and I'm sure that there are some couples where that that happens. I'll be honest that I think I kind of represent, you know, a little bit of a stereotypical husband, you know, situation, which is like if that's happening, I'm kind of thinking about it in reference to what it might lead to. Right, to be honest with you, that's yep. how I think about and it. And even if your brain's not thinking about it that way, the rest of your body biologically is. Uh, and so, but there are times when it would just be a thing that just happens and doesn't lead to anything and that's not what the expectation is because of where we're at or when, you know, I mean, also things like being on a date sometimes. There'd be some making out that happens on a date. Like where? In the car. Okay, in the car, yes, in privacy. I'm still picturing like at Why the, does this gotta the, be PDA? At the date table, that's what I wanted to clarify because that's what I was picturing. I mean, not that I was picturing. My wife would be okay I, with yeah. us making out in like in like a restaurant because she she would, I would think that, she would think that that was like, oh, he's he's not scared to show his, his love for me in this place, but I just, you know. It's kind of a McLaughlin thing. We're a little bit sensitive to PDA or PDOA, as my dad says. He puts the O. What it? Public display of affection. Oh, yeah, there's a, <laughs> oh, thank you for, <laughs> you, always, you had to tell me the He word. always does the O. PDOA? PDOA. No. No place for PDOA. No one's ever said that. My dad has said it many times. <laughs> really? <laughs> so that's what we say whenever we say it, it's like PDOA. You know what, I, I hereby resolve to tongue kiss my wife 
period. Because That's you don't it. care about PDO, PDOA, what people think about it. PDOA. <laughs> PDOA. <laughs> PDOA. Wow, I, you know, I, I thought more highly of your father. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, it's, it's not, I refuse to believe because my dad doesn't have those things that he says that are like. Right, I've never heard him the, say. The incorrect pronunciation of something. So I choose to just believe that he actually is correct and people just drop the O for, for you know, illegitimate reasons. All right, you wanna go back to toothbrushes? Um, but it, here's the thing, yes, I will tongue kiss my wife but that doesn't mean I wanna use her toothbrush because I actually want her to use her toothbrush and me to use my toothbrush before that. Now, I, that's not a requirement. We don't like, we don't have to like detox before we have intimacy. But, but, but mean, if you're on vacation and you realize yeah, that you forgot your toothbrush. More often than not, we're gonna brush our teeth before there's any like well, make out. Well, okay, of course, you're married, but um, if you're on vacation and you realize that like first night, you're like, oh, crap, I forgot my toothbrushes. I know exactly where it's sitting right there on the counter. What do you do? The front desk will usually give you one. 100%. First of all, I'm not solving the problem right then. I'm going to bed. And then I'm going to bed without brushing my teeth because I don't think that that's that big of a deal. I, I might, I would probably uh, swish or I would like, if if I wasn't just going to bed, but if I if we were you know if if there was going to be some making out, and let's just say that's it, huh? Nothing else. <laughs> you know, I might use I might use some toothpaste on my finger. That's okay. That's acceptable. You know, for, for I, sure. I got you know anything to freshen up. But if there's not going to be making out, but I'm just I would saying, do that before I use Christie's toothbrush. Even in that there's scenario. There's many things that I would do before I would use Jesse's toothbrush and I don't think I've ever used her toothbrush because I do believe that it is gross and I do believe that it is grosser than kissing. But if because, I had Because to, it's a cleaning process. But that wasn't the question. Is it less gross to borrow your significant other's toothbrush than to borrow a friend's toothbrush? Absolutely yes. yes. This less is, there's gross. nothing to but, argue about but here. But still gross. I think her boyfriend is saying no, they're equally gross. With the, okay, they're not. Abby, you're you're right, but you know what? I don't. Some arguments you just you don't need to win. Is this one of those arguments? Well, no, I think that she won this one. <laughs> yeah, we think she won, but I don't know if he's gonna if she needs to. Press I think there's it to something the going on that she didn't. I think there's something under this question that she did not reveal, which is, I think that she either has used his toothbrush or is like he forgot his toothbrush and she was like, just use mine. And he's like, no, that's gross. And then they got into this argument. So whether or not you should use your significant other's toothbrush is a different question than the one that was asked here. We're just a answering the question that was asked and talking about a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I would not use, I, I, I think that I have used Christie's toothbrush, but I think it was an accident. Mm. But then I didn't feel horrible about it. Yeah. Especially if you get the the water real hot. Yeah, when you're done with your toothbrush, do you really clean it? Do you really clean it under the hot water afterwards? I really clean it. I do not really clean it under the hot water. What do you clean it with? Just the water. Oh, okay. You look at. I look at it and make sure that there's oh, no like and, white gunk on it. Well, and the cool thing about and this uh, not a sponsor right now, but the the <laughs> the, the, the Quip uh, black toothbrush. The Bluetooth one is that you can see any little residue of toothpaste 
because it's black and so it makes you clean it even better. Oh. Yeah. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Ashley Sizemore, is it okay to leave your glass on the counter with the intention to use it again later or do you put it in the dishwasher and get a new glass? Sincerely, the family who disagrees. Wow, this is really, this is so relevant. Yeah, this uh, is tough. To, to uh, my own experience because. Hits home. I, I, I'm, I'm on two minds of this because first of all, my family, and I'm gonna say mostly my kids, they use so many cups and glasses so quickly and they they just put them in the sink. I mean, they don't even put them in the, we haven't even gotten our kids to put things in the dishwasher unless we're there oh, and gosh. tell them to do it, right? But like, they'll be like, oh, look, there's 12 glasses. We could have guests. And then like the next morning, I'll be like, where's a freaking glass? No glasses. And they're all in the sink, upside down dirty when the dishwasher's empty, right? I mean, but, I, but, but but what I do, because first of all, I like to, I, I'm just like, I'm not going to contribute to the mayhem. So what I do, nine times out of 10, if I use a glass in the kitchen, I take the glass, I drink some water, I immediately wash the glass and put it back on the counter, but put it back on the shelf. That's great. Nine times out of 10. Wow. Now, the additional one time out of 10, especially if it's like a Saturday and I'm like, I'm gonna come back here. Mm -hmm. I'll drink it and then I'll put my glass on the counter at a certain place, like behind the sink, because I'm like, my kids are not gonna, they, they're, they're not gonna do this. No one's gonna grab, so it's your secret spot where you know you can go back to it. So I will do this. Yeah, I, I have a secret spot. I mean, I, I, I carry around a water bottle in my own house. So you don't of need course. this, you don't, you don't need glasses. And then we drink a lot of cans uh, you know, to a fault, but um, I think there's an answer here in everybody, I think there should be a rack, kinda like when I was talking about the pill box for every day of the week, I think there needs to be a, a drying rack that has a, a spot for each person's cup to be, after they use it, to, to, to rinse it and then put it upside down on a drying rack that's compact enough to be hidden somewhere because this is ugly. You don't want this out on the counter. You wanna have behind a cabinet. You just wanna have, this is this is my glass. Every person only has one glass and then that's the only glass they can use and they always know where it is and they're in charge of it. So their glasses aren't communal anymore and there should be a drying rack I hate in to private. Break, I hate to break it to you. I've tried a version of this three times and I was the instigator of it and I was the the only enforcer of it. We didn't do exactly what you just described, but I told Jesse, I said, these boys use so many glasses, we need to get glasses that either ha have their names on them 
or have like a design on them and it's like this is your glass. Or their picture if they don't know their name. And this is you your know, You don't want them to have glass. any excuses. Right. Don't remember my name. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because what do yeah. they do? They use the glass that has their name on it and they put it in the sink and then when they want something else to drink, they go to another glass. You cannot get them to cooperate. They are impervious to systems. They have not experienced enough of the consequences of not completing the cycle of a glass. They, if they would, if they washed and put away all the glasses, if they cared about that somehow, or were held accountable to it, you know, when there's stuff in the sink, I have to, I call, I call them back, and I bring them back in there, and I say, can you put? Put this in the dishwasher. You made this mac and cheese at three o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the morning and you left it all here. I need you to move this in the here. I need you to complete your task. It, it doesn't work. It is hopeless. I, you you kind of have a choice to make as a parent. Am I gonna bring them back into the kitchen to try to teach them a life lesson or am I gonna just try to keep them alive until they go to college and then yeah. they'll figure that shit out on their own? Right. That's kind of where I'm at but I will say I sometimes I even go into the whole like typical dad rant where I'm like, do you have any idea how many children there are in the world that if I were to bring them a glass with their name on it, like it would be like the day, the best day of their year. Oh gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole things that our parents used to do to us yeah. about where the kid's starving and stuff. And I'm like, this is a privilege. We went through the trouble to go to this website to get this cup with your name on it. And this would be a treat to so <laughs> many children out there. But you're just taking it and treating it like any other glass. It's a personalized glass and you need to get with the program. Yeah, it does. that doesn't work either by the way. If you're a young parent and you wanna go on one of the rants where you compare your children children's plight with the plight of other children in the world, it doesn't work. Nope. It doesn't mean you won't try it many times, but it does not work. So Ashley, you're right. It is okay to leave your glass on the counter with the intention to use it well, again no, later. She, she did not say what she her position was. <laughs> no, she didn't say. Uh, she just said it a family who disagrees. I think what you're is, in charge of the complete cycle of the glass, and as you can leave it out as long as you ultimately are the one to put it away at the end of the day. What I want to say is that you all have to agree on a system, but if my family is any uh, you know, guide for this, they will not agree on a system and this is an intractable problem that will cause strife in your family for many years. Just remove all glasses. Andrew Kahn tweeted at us, Nesquik powder or chocolate syrup? And you know, th there were a bunch of food related conflicts and I realized we, can, we, could, we could get in on these but there's a whole other podcast produced at Mythical called A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, where Mythical Chef Josh and Nicole, they they have, every Wednesday, they get they get into a food debate. Right, and they actually crunchy know versus, what they're talking about. You know, tacos versus burritos, uh, crunchy peanut versus smooth. I mean, the, the name, of, the of, name of the podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, is based on a very famous food debate so, in itself. So we're gonna resist the temptation to, uh, to infringe on their territory because I love what they're doing over there. If you haven't checked it out, um, definitely check it out. Start with the most recent one, work your way backwards. 
Can I, um, can, can I agree with that? Can I um, but we are gonna answer suggest this. what I would call a third way? You know, sometimes there's two conflicting Nesquik opinions. Nesquik powder, chocolate syrup, or there's what? There's a third way that I'm gonna propose, and that is actual chocolate. And here's why I'm gonna say this. I thought you were just gonna say, you could just buy chocolate milk, which is great, by the way. So my- Boy, that's a treat I haven't had in years. My favorite hot Cho chocolate. Actual chocolate? Well, okay, and, you're, and, I'm, and I'm about to, well, I don't know, you've got weird opinions about Because I food. do have an answer, and I think it's one of these two. Um, the best hot chocolate that I've ever had, hands down, is uh, Mike McCart's wife, Jenny, will do this yeah, that's decadent hot chocolate. chocolate in a crock pot, right? And it's just- It's milky. It's so great, and it has made me not like any other hot chocolate, and she, briefly described to me what was in it. I didn't listen that intently, but the one thing I did hear was. You didn't was, wanna make it, you just wanted to drink it. Yeah, the one thing I did hear is that it's got actual chocolate, I think actual chocolate chips in it. So it literally is composed of melted chocolate and other ingredients, including milk. Not, I don't think any water sees this thing. I think it's milk. Anyway, so I think the third way is actual chocolate, and it is the best way. Well, that's that doesn't hot, answer this that's question. That's hot chocolate, right? That's not, that's, they're talking about chocolate milk, not hot chocolate. That's true. So yep. you, 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 you know, none of that matters. That's true, yep. I, I was thinking of a different beverage. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can make hot chocolate with these things. I mean, it, it just goes to show you what heat can do to a beverage, <laughs> making something totally different. <laughs> so yeah, the third option is just buying actual chocolate milk. There was this cheap, uh, a uh, carton of chocolate milk that my mom used to buy and it was so thick as a kid. Oh, I miss it so much. It was like Borden brand. Well, you know the ones oh, in, gosh. the, the so ones good. in the glass bottle. The that ones like, in the glass are really good now. Uh, like one time. Looks like the milkman would drop it off, yeah. We were hanging out with Julian Smith and he was like, guys, you gotta have this. Was that? It was eggnog. It was eggnog, but it was, but it was, but it was from the same farm. It was yes. from that farm, it's like the so-and-so farm and they do a really good hot chocolate. Last night, I went Link Neal old school. Um, of course, in high school and in college, every night I would have a spoonful of peanut butter and then I would take the Hershey syrup, the chocolate syrup here, Andrew, and I would, you know, I'd pour it in and I would ding a ding a ding a ding ding mix it up. Um, but back, and I did that last night. Oh, it was great. Hmm. Um, Ironic. I, I love eating. Is that why you chose this question, because you did it last night? It's fresh on my mind. But as a, um, as a middle schooler and grade schooler, I, at my Nana's house, she had the Nesquik powder, and I would eat that every day, huge glass you of that. You eat it? I, I, yeah, I eat my chocolate milk with a spoon. <laughs> Weird. I, I don't drink it. I, I, I eat the peanut butter off the spoon and then I use the spoon yeah, to you dip. Don't, don't describe it, it just is gonna annoy me. And that's how I eat my, <laughs> that's how I eat my smoothie now as a middle-aged man. Every morning I eat my smoothie with a spoon yeah. because of this nostalgia. I gotta say, I think Nesquik powder is my official answer. Yes. Interesting. Even though we have uh, Hershey's syrup at the house, it tells you to keep it in the refrigerator, which drives of, me nuts. Is this because of taste? Because clearly something that's a syrup I, is easier to mix than something that's a powder. Uh, it's, not, it's not easier to mix if your syrup is not room temp or 
warm. If it's refrigerated and cold, it's harder to mix. It still works, but it doesn't mix as readily as powder, but the, it, it tastes different. It's a different taste. It's probably a more manufactured synthetic taste. I'm talking about the powder here, but I have a nostalgic affinity to that. Um, it's closely related to my craft American sliced cheese nostalgic affinity. I, f I opened my refrigerator two days ago and there was a there was a stack, like that whole, you know, I hadn't seen this in years. We have not had individually packaged sliced craft American cheese in our fridge. Yeah. I mean, over 10 years. It's just not something we have. Right, yeah, my wife doesn't I do think it either. I knew it had to do, I didn't even ask. I know it had to, Lily went to the grocery store and bought it and I know it has something to do with TikTok. I didn't even ask. Oh, it's probably because you throw it on people's like you throw it on people's foreheads and no, throw it on babies and stuff. I, she was going to put it on top of another type of mac and cheese that she's. But you, but you have obsessing. seen. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you take a you yeah, take yeah, a slice yeah. of American yeah. cheese and you throw it on a stranger. Yeah, that's funny, but I, that's not why she was doing it. I tasted a piece, and boy, it's it's um, it's good. It's good, but it's not cheese. Well, but <laughs> anymore. I, speaking of uh, Josh on this mythical chef Josh has very strong opinions about American cheese and I agree with him. You know, he's not a food snob at all. And and uh, you know what Lily's talking about using it for? Putting it on top of uh mac and cheese. Mhm. Mm which by the way, she didn't like it by the by the way. She did not like it. She didn't like it, it was, when, with the way she used it. She didn't like the taste. She didn't like the experience. And then did she got, put it on cuz she got Lincoln to try piece. She made mac and like cheese. Because recently I I smoked that that pork shoulder and had you guys over for it and yeah. and Lily brought the mac and cheese, um, and I thought the mac and cheese was really good. But you're saying it didn't it have the slices, have the on, slices it. No. on it. Okay. She was making a cup of mac and cheese, like the instant cup of mac and cheese, and then I think uh, draping a slice over the top of that as if it needed more cheese. Uh, it always needs more cheese. All right, so are you going with syrup or powder on this? Uh, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm going with I interpret this as hot chocolate and we'll go with real chocolate. Earbiscus is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, Here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code Ear. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. From Paradise, Mythicanoi, uh, how to pronounce pigeons. I say it's pigeon, but my girlfriend thinks it's pigeons. <laughs> We Googled it, and I think it says pigeons only, but she insists that they are wrong. Pigeons. Well, P, P, 
I th- I think pigeons. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I'm, what I'm going with here is I'm gonna just r- remove the P part, and I think this is a common, um, you know, this is a common mistake that people make when there is an EO or an IO in a word. So you think that it looks like there's two syllables in the second half oh. of pigeon. I think that's what's up for debate pigeon. here. Pigeon. Pigeon. Is and is that's it like, what is, she's is, saying? Is, is pigeon? Does pigeon? Is pigeon like a shortening of the actual? Word and pigeon. Um, when you look at this, you see right here. It's very clearly a two-syllable word. Pigeon, pigeon, pigeon is the correct pronunciation. Now, P I J upside down E N. I could have dictionary. consulted. I think I may have at some point, whether it's Good Mythical More or this podcast, I may have already relayed this information. But my son Shepard had this pigeon thing that happened last year, and I don't mean like an incident with a pigeon. I, what I mean is I vaguely that remember this. He started at a new school, right? And at some point, he communicated to the class and to his teacher that he liked pigeons. Now, let me be clear: we didn't know that he liked pigeons. He had never talked about pigeons before to us. <laughs> I'm not saying he didn't like pigeons. I'm just saying it didn't seem like it was really that big of a thing. But it's when not he something you have to declare when he went family. Out, Meeting, please. <laughs> when he went out on this pigeon limb. <laughs> I got somebody limb, to tell you all. He went out on this pigeon limb and I think he saw that pigeons could kind of be his thing and that he was getting a response from his classmates and his teachers and they were like, this is kind of funny that this kid's into pigeons. Like he drew, they had this one thing where you drew yourself as an animal and he drew himself as a pigeon. Oh, I remember this. It was beautiful. And then the theme of the entire year last year or their school year, and I'm talking like the 2019, 2020, so we were talking like fall 2019, mm-hmm. uh, was micronations, right? And so the whole idea was that you were gonna get into a group with some other students and you were going to create a fake, a sort of a fictional, fictional nation. And, and as you learn about like, the way economies work and the way resources work and you know, in a, in a, in a nation, you're going to sort of create a story around a fake nation and present it to the rest of the class as a way of embodying these real things that exist in the world, but doing it in a fun, fictitious way, right? Which we did with Cheezistan. Exactly, so interestingly, there was another person in Shepard's group that also had strong opinions, and it became a little bit of a point of contention when Shepard suggested that the name of their micronation be called Paloma, which is pigeon in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Good name. And that the thing that was true about Paloma was the fact that it is just a nation of pigeons. Uh, Long story short, Shepard won this argument and Paloma ended up being a nation of pigeons and uh, it kind of became, again, I ended up asking Shepard about this and I was like, Shepard, explain the explain the pigeon thing to me and like how it happened and he was like, cause I was like, I don't remember you saying that you really liked pigeons before this and he was like, well, to be honest with you, um, I said that, it's not that I don't like pigeons but I said that I like pigeons and everyone started reacting to it so I just kinda leaned into it, so much so that this past year when he started the new school year, and of course, um, 
this new school year was very different for the kids because they weren't in it for they weren't in it for very long uh, because of COVID. His teacher, we had like a Zoom conference with his teacher, and 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 she was like, you know, we love it when Shepard, you know, he he doesn't always participate, but when he does participate, we love it when he participates, and he's he's funny and he tells funny stories. And also, I would love to talk to him about his love for pigeons. And then she holds up a mug that has says something about pigeons on the mug. And I'm like, did this woman get this mug, or did she just ha- does she just have an affinity for pigeons? Probably. But like now that he's he's into he has made this pigeon sort of yeah. Um, thing about himself. It's part of him now. It's a brand. You have to kind of keep carrying it on. So. I wasn't gonna break it to her that you know the pigeon thing was just something he kind of pulled out of his butt and then leaned into. But she loves pigeons. Well, she she's legit. To, she wanted to connect with him about pigeons. I was like, yeah, he'll love that. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> like pranking, pranking the teacher. I mean, this, this is, is long. Is it well? It's not much of a prank because I mean, it's my kind of prank. It, it's a very long play I prank. It. I wow. like again. He's. It's not. I think he's actually gotten more into pigeons after as a result of this self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's, you know, but I can just say he kind of he he. It's fair to say he kind of got carried away. <laughs> yes. You know. I that was trying. That was like a trying to be a carrier pigeon pun, but well, it was a little it. weak. As a fa- as a father of a of a self described pigeon lover, <laughs> I can say pigeon is the correct pronunciation. Pigeon. Pigeon. Not, it is not pigeon. Pigeon. Paloma is a place uh, in in California. Oh, we can go visit. Well, yeah, where is can. it? It's, How uh, far away is it? It is uh, just southeast of Sacramento, California. <laughs> I, was, I was watching The Family Feud. Just like right in the, right in the I was middle watching, of the state. I was watching The Family Feud the other day, which I, I love watching it. Okay. And uh, the question was, name name a city or like, I, I it was like, name a city that would you would like to go on vacation to? Anywhere in the world, right? Okay. And it was like, okay, so number one answer was? Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, one of the guys said the Caribbean, I which should, is also not a city. I should be. I should be on Family Feud, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would be a great contestant. <laughs> you're a, you're a YouTube highlight waiting to happen. I listen. I want to be on Family Feud. Uh, I seriously want to be on Family Feud. Uh, cities, cities, t- <laughs> titties or cities. You got to be clear. They're here. both. They're both tough. I mean, it's like once you say those words, it's like I get bumped. What puzzled. city? What's a city and what, what's a what, titty? What do you think is the number one uh, answer? Greece, yeah, Athens. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got two. What you've is got the two exes. One is? Paris. Oh, Paris. That's you know, name. like Paris, London. I've been there. You know, to London. Rome. Oh, Rome, not Athens. New York City. Okay. So you know those kinds of cities, but like Los Angeles, they were. Uh, I don't think Los Angeles was on there actually. No, maybe it was Paloma. But it got down to this family had two strikes, and like Steve Harvey is asking this woman, he's like, okay. You know, the other family's gonna have an opportunity to steal if you don't get this. Name a city that people would like to vacation in, and she's like, Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento. <laughs> oh, I mean. And it's just like, whoa, okay. But Steve, didn't, he, he didn't have as much fun. He just was like, Sacramento. 
Okay. Sacramento. He, he, it wasn't I, up he, there. He, he made a, of course it wasn't up there. But he, disappointment. He, he made the choice to not lean in and make fun of her too much like he does a lot. Well, yeah, it's, it's not a four hour show. Yeah. If right. he did that for every dumb answer, then, uh, you know, what would happen? Riker tweeted at us, I wanna get a motorcycle. My wife thinks it's too unsafe. I work in a funeral home. Trust me, people die every day from all manner of things. Mortality well, is a bitch. Hmm. God, this is this took an aggressive turn. What should I do? Stay in bed wearing a helmet? I wanna be alive, not just live. Um, wow. Hmm, Riker, Riker with a Y. I mean, that's the name really seems it adds up with the motorcyclist. You know, if you've got a if you've got a Y in your first name, I think you're much more likely to be a uh, a motorcyclist. I agree with that. I think you're you're living on the edge. I think you're willing to take more risk because there are more risks. And this is a real conversation that happens a lot with people wanting that motorcycle. A lot. A lot. Well, I, I have an I have a. a I've got two for, Go ahead. An, I, I didn't mean an, to cut an, you off. An analogy. Go ahead. Here because. I don't want to. I don't want to ride a motorcycle. I don't want to own a motorcycle. It's not. I, I. I'm too sensitive to like falling down. Not just dying, but I know that most people who own motorcycles are like, how many times have you have had this? Have you laid this thing down? Like it, it happens. Like yeah. you, you, it ends up happening. You don't always die, but like I'm just in a place in my life right now where those kinds of inconveniencing injuries let alone death, it's not something I wanna entertain. But what I've said for years is that I've been very interested in ultralight flying, right? We talked about this before. And then there's many times where I've thought to myself like, I should get my pilot's license. I should fly a little plane, right? Anytime I bring this up with my wife, she's like, no. Now, she was in a plane crash. That makes a difference. Um, she was too young to remember it, but when, when she, she was but it a, did happen. when she was less than one year old, her parents were in a small plane that clipped a power line and crashed, and no one was no one was seriously injured. But anyway, it's like this sort of there's a sort of this lore in her family. And first of all, there's how often do you hear about somebody dying in a small plane? It seems like it's pretty pretty often, right? So, but I, and so I've kind of dropped this. I've kind of been like, all right, I'm not gonna push this. But for me, the only way to, cause I know that it is more dangerous, like me not getting a pilot's license, me not ultralight flying is a safer long-term life choice than me deciding to do it, right? But we don't just, like Riker said, we don't just avoid all risk, right? What do I do, stay want, in bed wearing a helmet? He wants to be alive, not just live. <laughs> So to me, this is an individual, because I'm, I'm being serious about this. I'm not trying to make a joke about this. This is a thing that lots of people argue about. And, I'm, and, and it isn't just always, well, the, 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 the husband wants to do something dangerous and the wife wants to keep him from it. That, that happens a lot of times. But I'm just saying in any relationship, there might be something that you want to do that there is inherent risk in it. And we know that it is riskier, significantly riskier to ride a motorcycle than to be in a car. 27 times as likely to die in a motorcycle crash than a car crash, right? Because for obvious reasons, you're riding on top of the vehicle, you're not inside the vehicle. Not inside the vehicle. And that's according to the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Oh, we're familiar with them, we've, we've made videos for them. Yeah, 27 times more likely 
uh, to die. So, but how do you evaluate this, right? Because then in a car. What if Riker's number one passion in life is to ride a motorcycle? Now, if this is something that developed after they got married, and now you, you, you know what, you have to take into account the fact that your wife doesn't want you to do this. Now, if you were like, a motorcycle guy is a part of your identity. You're super into it. Before you got married, when you get into a relationship, that I think feel like that's a different conversation because it's like you married this person, you yeah. got into this relationship knowing that this is a passion of theirs. Changing and it, you, them, you're going to have to live with that risk. Yeah, that's a complicating factor. It does change the complexion of the conversation. But let's just assume I, this I, is happening after the relationship. Well, I don't even know that you you have to be prepared. You know, it's I I still think it. It's probably a decision for the two of you, but you know. Yeah, you still got to come to you still got to come to a decision, but it I mean, is different if it was a pre-existing condition. It is motorcycle love. We we know two people, Mike and Nick, who were had motorcycles, and then uh, well, Mike was in more more of an accident than I think Nick was. But like when they when Nick started having children, it was like there was a negotiation. Or, or discussions that led to him getting rid of his motorcycle. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of technique and skill and it, it's a demanding hobby. You know, to be really good at it and to to be defensive in your driving and to be aware of everything because it's like there's so much constant risk. I, you know, and there's certainly Parameters. I don't know what they are, but I would think there are parameters that would make it more safe. Like you, I'm kind of guessing here, so I'm uh, yeah talking out of school. But when when you're like motorcyclists traveling in groups, you know, it's like if you got a buddy, you're, you're saying that more likely to. I mean, there are things you can do to mitigate your risk. I think that might be one of them. You know, you're more you're more visible in a group. And you wear an orange shirt. Wear a bright helmet. I'm saying, join a motorcycle gang. Okay. Well. Okay. Or do, yeah, and probably wear like really bright colors. So you're saying that look like a dress the, like a clown. The approach to the motorcycling and how, like if you're a motorcycle stunt person, if you're like, oh well, I'm gonna be a a, a TikTok or an Instagram motorcycle person, and I'm gonna do like wheelies down the middle of the interstate right. without a helmet in a bikini. Right. Then that's pro that's problematic on a number of levels. I agree with that, but to, I, I feel like the factors are if you really I guess what I'm getting at is if you really care about it, if if I'm Riker, I might can do a bunch of research to then bring that 20 that stat of 27 times more likely to die than in a car. I might can bring that stat down with you know classes, so, so, you know, there's certain things, certain stipulations. Okay, you can minimize your So you risk, might can minimize it. But you're and, still gonna be, and be more responsible. But I, I think that, I'm trying to use the motorcycle thing as, as, as something that represents anything that a partner wants to do that's higher risk, whether well, it's small like, planes or like anything. Even me for mountain biking, like I've come home a few times and we've gone off on new trails and I did tell Christy, and I was like, I don't know why I'm telling her this, but I said, you know, I was on this trail that if I would have fallen off my bike the wrong way, I think I would have died. And that's not a that's not a good thing to yeah, tell your wife. And uh, I don't think I'm going to go on that trail again. And I'm pretty cautious, you know. So like when I get to those places, I try like sometimes I'll walk my bike, so I don't 
I'm I'm increasingly more risk averse, but it did, but it but it is a risky thing. Well, so on some of these single. Tracks. So let's assume just just to, to kind of arrive at some conclusion for Riker that this is a passion that developed after the relationship started. So we're doing away from that with yeah. that factor, and let's assume that if Riker decides to do this, he's going to do it in as safe as a way as he can. Right? He's going to be a safe and responsible motorcyclist. Still riskier than not deciding to be a motorcyclist and and, and to to ride in a car. Right? To me. The factors at play are, I think he has a point in terms of, well, this is something I want to do and I recognize that it's risky and I'm gonna die some, at some point. Okay, there's a point there. But I think that it's like, how resistant is your wife to this? And then how passionate are you about, is this like you've determined that this is something that you have to have in order to live a full life? Because I do believe there might be some people who would say that. It's like, if I don't get to do, if I don't get to go skydiving, if I don't get to do this thing, if I don't get to be a rock climber, yeah. then I'm not fulfilling my passion. And I think that it, this is a, every couple has to answer this. Because it might get to a point where it's just like, this is a risky thing, you might die, but I can tell that you're c committed to this. Again, it might be the kind of thing like this whole ultralight flying thing. When my kids finally leave or on their own and I and I really have a midlife crisis, not just a, like a little bit of one like I'm, I've been having, mm -hmm. but like a real one. Uh -huh. And I'm like, baby, either I get a convertible or I, or I start flying planes. It's one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I think at some point. Could get both. Depending on your life stage, are you still, are your, how old are you? You still got kids who are dependent on you as a father. What you know? I think there's a lot of different factors that go into this. I just don't think there's a, a straight answer to this. Yeah, but I think if if you really care about it, and you, and it, it, it's a, it's a negotiation, and you might have to go so far as to say, well, okay, if the worst happens, have I have I take have I really looked at the risk and taken it into account? Meaning, I'm getting a life insurance policy. And by the way, you have to tell them that you got a motorcycle and they're gonna charge you that much more. So like there's this kind of this arbitration thing that's like if you're not willing to, t to do what it takes to take care of your family to accommodate for that risk, then maybe you're not, you're not as committed as you need to be to do it. Because you, you, so you say if, if I am in a motorcycle crash, you'll get rich. How's that sound? Well, I'm gonna take care, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, take out a policy that's gonna make sure you're taken care of so I'm not just like leaving you in a lurch because I had to not just live but be alive. And in the end. It's a negotiation. Regardless so, of your intentions how much and regardless of how safe you are. How much are you willing to sacrifice for the risk? Regardless of all the insurance that you have in place, if your partner still says, I'm not comfortable with this, I think part of being in a relationship is to be like, okay, I'm gonna give up on this. That you can find something Hey, what about one of those three-wheeled bikes? Just start adding wheels and see if a that helps. A spider? Yeah, I mean, you're adding a wheel and a lot of embarrassment. That's what the spider market is all about. You just un you just unlocked yes. it in my mind. Yes. It's it's men who wanted a motorcycle whose wives were not comfortable with it. Yeah. So they got one of those three-wheelers. That's what it is. Yeah, and then you know what, maybe you need a fourth wheel. I don't then know. Then you just got a car. Well. That's your problem. I think you need to, you're, you're you're going in the wrong direction. Once you get to three wheels, then you negotiate down to two. <laughs> oh, you're talking about like a literal three wheel motorcycle. I'm talking about those spiders that no, have I'm the two wheels the in the front. Yeah, I'm talking about that. 
Because there's a three-wheel motorcycle, too, that Where has the two, two wheels, wheels in, in the, the back, back which, which I think those are more dangerous than a regular motorcycle. Well, you gotta get your facts straight. This is not, this is not my negotiation. <laughs> I mean, but is this the type of thing that like, I mean, if, you know, we're not willing to go in this business, but there's somebody out there who can be more of an arbitration expert for, for decisions like this. Like I wonder if there's someone on the premises of the motorcycle dealership that steps in as an as for arbitration in couples. No. To help sell the bike. No. The, the, there's a lot of psychology there. I'd, I'd like to talk to a motorcycle salesman. The motorcycle salesman is only equipping the person trying to buy the motorcycle with arguments that then go home and tell your wife. Yeah. That's that's it exclusively. So Riker, you might want to do that too. Go go to your local dealer and say, "Hey, listen, like, they probably, you, got, you got to give me a pamphlet." <laughs> they, they, they probably have a pamphlet. They got a pamphlet. If you want to sell something to a motorcycle salesman, it's a pamphlet that they just give to people who want to buy motorcycles. Opossum hey, be queen. Be safe out there, Riker. Yeah, whatever you decide. Wear an orange helmet. Opossum queen. At work I drive a truck that is shared between shifts. I am one of the shorter people. And a lot of people complain about my seat position when they drive after me. Should we be adjusting our seat for the next person or just adjust it for yourself at the beginning of the shift? Okay, I mean, as a six, seven man with a five foot three wife who, mm. who share a car, Okay, this is a very relevant question to And you us. got a fancier car, so how does it actually work in your car? She's number one and I'm number two. Yeah. So if you hit number one, it becomes Jesse's but when Everything you get goes to her position, where is it when you get in? It's wherever it was the last time somebody got out. Really? Well, then okay, you're not quite as fancy as as you need to be. This isn't a competition, but my car. Here's what it does: when I turn off the car and then I open the door, the seat goes all the way back. So no matter who you are or how short or tall or how forward it was, it goes all the way back, and then it's easy for everybody to get out. And then when you get, and then the next person to get in, it's all the way back, and then it goes forward to that position. Yes, is that what it does? I think technically, if I was, if I really wanted, and I think to do the this, answer's in there, is that my key and her key tell the car who's getting in the car, but we lost one of the keys because we're the McLaughlins. Oh, that's advanced. So there's just one key to the car, and. Uh, is hers. I'm talking. I'm not talking about what my my daily driver. I'm talking about like the family car that she yeah. drives, but I drive occasionally. And it, because it's just, but the you button, can you even? But if it's in her position, can I get? You in. can't even get in. I would right? break. I would break a femur trying to get in. Like when Lily, when I have, I drove Lily's car, the old Scion. I had to drive it in because I forgot to charge my car. And if Lily drove right before me, she sits so much closer. Yeah, I can't. I can't get in. Lincoln but, can't get in. But the it's driver's so seat. obvious when I open the door. Like it's not like I would ever make the mistake of trying to get in. It's you almost like reach I down there. If you told me for a hundred thousand dollars, sit in this seat, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> there could be like a challenge on Survivor, and I would and I would lose. And so I, I immediately can tell that this is not made for me. And so I just hit the number two and wait. Even when the car is not on, it still works. Yeah. Huh, so I wonder if Opossum Queen's truck, it seems like. I'm assuming this, this, is, is, not an auto, this is not an automatic situation. Queen, you need to move that seat back. Listen, if you're you're one of the shorter people and you, you're, you're receiving complaints uh -huh, about seat position, hey, let, I mean, 
I think I think you should uh, I think you should move your seat back, and I think it would also make it. It's not difficult for you to get out, but it will make it that much easier. So it's like a win-win. You you slam the seat all the way back. You have even more room to just dash out of that thing, and you're being considerate to but the you're next saying person. This is your something, coworker. This is a coworker. You're saying that this is something that only applies to the short people because you're what you're saying is a little discriminatory because the tall people they just get in and get out and they don't have to do anything because you're saying that everyone from short to tall is accommodated in the getting in and out of the car process if the seat is back. Yeah. And then if you're a short person, you bring it up while driving and then you take it down. I think the shorter people have to defer to the taller people in this one, especially oh. in a work environment. I mean, if this is, you know, if this is just your family car, you know, screw them. You know, they don't put their cups away anyway. Right. So don't put your seat back. Yeah. You know, give them a little jab. But this is an easy way for you to to not get demerits on the job. I don't know if I, I, I understand the logic of what you're saying. And I understand why it doesn't apply to the tall people because it's not like the tall person can be like, you know what, a short person might get in this car after me. I'm gonna put the seat up before I get out. First of all, it's impossible to put the seat up before, before you get out if you're tall. You right, have to get out right. of the truck and then like manipulate the seat from the ground. Yeah. So the short person does have the ability to move the seat up and back. I do think just because of the way physics work, this is uh, the short people are gonna get the short end of the stick in this situation. And because when I try to get in Lily's car, I did notice that I would sit in and then reach down and adjust the seat back, but it's like very difficult for me to get in the car. Some of the most uncomfortable moments of your life. But but I, I did that instead of bending all the way over to reach under the seat and push it back because then you got like a back injury, you know? I mean, yeah, you don't want that. again, it's like we gotta, you gotta calculate our risk in everything yeah. at our age. Yeah. A possum queen, take one for the team. Sorry, girl. I think there's there's one more that I don't even think requires any discussion. It, uh, it we can just softball, set it up, knock it out of the park. All right, from, hit me. Um, rebellious Mary, my boyfriend thinks the blinds closes slats down when they clearly should be closed slats up. The light comes through still when he closes them down, that's not enough evidence for him. He thinks closing them down will prevent peepers. What do y'all think? Mary. I, I'm with her. Mary, you're right. I mean, uh, this is this is so Blinds simple. go up. Peepers still can't see in and it blocks the it blocks the light from shining through that little slit onto the floor. Well, case in point, just yesterday I'm on a um, on a Zoom call and I'm facing a window. Mm -hmm. In the in my my office in the creative house faces the window, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if it was me or somebody else had closed the closed them slats down, and it was sunny and there were these lines all over my desk, and my face, and yeah. so I immediately turned them slats up and it was this nice even light. Um, and. No, you can't see through it. it there may, Is there, there any may advantage be, to slats down? It looks nicer. It looks smoother. To be down? For them to be down. That's the only thing I can come up with the why it's like, it seems like it's, does, it seems like that's the right way to do it because it makes it smooth. It's like scales on the back of a snake. It's kind of like rubbing, rubbing a cat the wrong direction. When you when you turn those blinds up, it's a little unsettling to well, me. You've complicated it now, but I believe that it's right functionally. Functionally, I cannot think of of any other reason. 
to have them go the other way except for the scales of a snake. Well, all I gotta say is your boyfriend's stated reason is he thinks that this will prevent peepers and it's just not, it's not true. You, they can't, you can't see through You can't prevent way. peepers. Peepers gonna peep. Yeah, the peepers still outside the window regardless of how you've got the blinds. We should give a heads up. We're releasing a special episode of uh, Ear Biscuits uh, this coming Thursday. If you're listening to this one fresh on Monday, then just a few days later, we got a special extra, I'm gonna call it a mini episode. I don't think it's gonna be as long as a typical one. Uh, uh, it's part of the Dell Podference. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about how we weathered COVID from a business standpoint. So don't be alarmed when there's a there's a there's an entirely extra mini ear biscuit later this week. Just wanna give you that heads up. And I'm, I'll close with a wreck here. Um, I'm choosing this wreck because I believe that it is, it could be a point of contention. Um, and that is, if you are a, just I'll start with, if you are a blue cheese lover or you are blue cheese tolerant, some people don't like the taste of blue cheese, I can't, this is not gonna be helpful for you. Okay, I'm checking out then. Um, go online, find the recipe for blue cheese coleslaw. There's one on Food Network that's, that's good. My wife, when I was talking earlier about the uh, having you guys having you guys over for the for the pork shoulder that I I I, I very good. I smoked very this good. pork shoulder for seventeen hours. Okay, it was like twenty three pounds. I ate it over the course of like fourteen minutes. My uh, wife was like, "Of course, we got to make slaw for this thing because we're doing it, you know, in North Carolina style." And she was like, what do you think What do you think if I made uh, a blue cheese slaw? I was like, first of all, I love this idea. Second of all, you can't just make a blue cheese slaw. You have to make a regular slaw yeah. for people who don't like blue cheese. But I love this idea. And she made it, and for me, as a blue cheese lover, it was revolutionary. It has changed the way I think about slaw. I was not a slaw person. I put slaw on my barbecue almost out of obligation because I'm from North Carolina, hmm. to be honest with hmm. you. It isn't like I like it, it's kinda like, yeah, yeah this is what you do. Hmm. Try the blue cheese slaw, and again, if you're a blue cheese lover or if you're just blue cheese tolerant, if you're the kind of person that if there's blue cheese in something it throws everything off for you, don't try it, you're not gonna like it. But I'm just gonna tell you right now, try it before you knock it. I like it. Blue cheese slaw. Okay, hashtag Ear Biscuits. Again, we'll see you for a special one on Thursday and then a normal one like every other Monday.